And now, Dan Happel's Connecting the Dots. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. The men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. God bless the USA. Our guest today on Connecting the Dots is Dr. Lee Merritt. Uh, she is, I mean, I have to tell you, I don't know of anybody I enjoy having as a guest on my podcast any more than Dr. Lee Merritt. So, uh, Lee, welcome to the program. This is, uh, this is a real treat because you think outside the box better than anybody I know. And, uh, I won't repeat what I said to you the other day, but you're a gutsy woman. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, I I tell people, if you think it's confusing out there, you should see it in here, you know, in my brain. <laughs> so, and, uh, uh, well, this is going to be a great discussion because I, I sent out my uh, my newsletter and, you know, I kind of always try to put the gist of what we're going to be talking about uh, in the newsletter. And, of course, uh, I go back to our whole world now is filled full of parasites. And uh, many of them are human, although there's certainly or others something. <laughs> as well. Yeah, subhuman or whatever, you know, alien, who knows. Anyway, we're going to be talking about how the whole system has rigged against the American people, against anybody that believes in free enterprise, anybody that believes in real science, uh, the system is a joke. And uh, frankly, the quicker we get away from it, the better off we're going to be. So uh, with that said, welcome to the program. Thank you. I, you know, I was listening to Dr. I, I hate to say doctor, but Peter Hotez, because, you know, He's kind of he exemplifies what we're up against here. I think he's clearly just a propagandist. Now either he's a, a satanic insider, part of the uh, the mafia that's the, taken over the world, or he's just taking the money and, and doesn't have a problem with that. I almost wonder if he's a robot. But because could you could you actually say those words without chuckling or vomiting? I mean, you know, it's so it's so apparent. This is like the emperor has no clothes. It's really an emperor has no clothes moment. How many people with a brain that, that are real human beings, that are children of God standing on the earth, that are not some kind of biosilicon programmable robot could say, could literally say that series of, of facts that or series of, of assertions that 
that you have to take this vaccine. I can give them the first one. Oh, you you should take this vaccine. It's safe and effective. You know, they they you could be lied to to say that. But then after it isn't safe and effective, it's hard to imagine that you can continue to say things like, well, it's it's still it's still safe. Take a booster. Well, people are dying. It's still safe. Take another booster. And people continue to get worse. And now we have monkeypox. And now da da da. And keep take, take take boosters. And it's just not quite what we thought. But you should still do it because we tell you. I mean, at some point, even the blind hog gets the acorn. These guys cannot be doing this by accident. So you really have to say. And I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm coming to Red Pill. I'm looking forward to that in in Iowa here. And my point is, we're at war. And it's time to name the enemy. We have never, you know, we're in a weird war. People think it's like a bio-warfare thing, but no, no, this is a multi, you know, they talk about fifth generational warfare, but I'm just going to make this point. You know, I uh, my ex-husband was a Marine colonel at the Pentagon years ago, and he used to joke that I had read more books on the Marine Corps reading list, the Commandant's reading list, than most Marine <laughs> officers, because he was, you know, I was kind of living around all this, and so I was educating myself about all this stuff. And 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 so I would read all this stuff, and I know, you know, like Zhao and Wang's book, year, years later even, I mean, I'm still reading it. So Zhao and Wang's book about the Chinese looking at the American military in the Iraq war. And they're they're basically making the point that these are two Chinese colonels from the PLA in the 90s. And they're saying, you know, we could never take on a superpower heads up because they'll always outspend us. The only way to take on a superpower is to abandon the Geneva Convention. OK, everything's on the table and and wage multidimensional simultaneous warfare stealth. Okay, asymmetric, all these words. But I'll tell you what none of the books tell you. None of the books tell you that this is a that this isn't just any this we're not having one of these wars by just a group. It's about people that have an create they're they're an organization of a strange a type, but they are they believe in in Moloch and war, and sacrificing children. At the end of the day, they this is a very different thing that we we're experiencing than what any of these books talked about, because these people do not see the world the way we do. Now, and I say people somewhat loosely, seriously, I, I want people to consider this. You know, in, in the 60s, um, when Lord Rothschild signed the documents for the Club of Rome, what's the Club of Rome real goal? It was to lower CO2, okay? And, and carbon dioxide is actually... Uh, necessary for plant life. Mm -hmm. And let me see if I can actually find this um, photo that I had from, from, um, no, maybe I don't have it here. I, I had a photo anyway. It's about, it, it shows you the, the plant growth at various parts per million of CO2. And my point here is that if, you know, and, and anybody, by the way, that grows marijuana in a tent or grows vegetables in a tent, like the Italians, they know this that plants don't grow well below a CO2 of a thousand, a CO2 parts per million of a thousand. I mean, these guys that professionally are making money on growing things in tents, they pump CO2 into the tents between 1,200 and 1,750 parts per million. We are sitting at 419 parts per million. In recent geologic e epochs, this is the lowest it's been maybe in the history of the planet. So my point to people is let's wake up and realize somebody doesn't want us here. This is a this is a who benefits? 
you know, I can, you know, the Bill Gateses of the world, they can maybe buy in the Rothschilds, maybe they can buy castles and 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 buildings off in New Zealand somewhere and underground bunkers and think they're going to survive just riots over when EBT cards don't don't pay for things or, you know, economic collapse. But how do the if they're human beings, how do they survive a CO2 that's not compatible with human life? Mm hmm. That's really the question. That's this is an existential question of the day because whatever's happening here does is not explained by greed or the simple things that we're being told. That's my first thing. And that's why I think we start we need to evaluate who these who is our enemy here? What are we really fighting? Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I I'm I, I was laughing earlier when I was watching that uh, that video with uh, uh, the doctor, the dear doctor, Doctor Hotez, <laughs> um, because it was so funny. Because it was like, you know, how how many times does he have to trip over his lies and then make up a new one before people start to realize this guy's an idiot? But he's now, not an idiot. He's been no, he's he's controlled by somebody or something. Yeah, he is. No question. Now, I'm going to bring a, a great comment in. I had uh, coffee with a friend of mine who happened to be the head of Marine uh, Marine uh, Counterintelligence and Intelligence in the Middle East. And uh, he, his, uh, I, I won't mention his name, but he's been a guest on my program. But what we were talking about yesterday, we need to realize one thing and one thing only. Our enemies have a zero, absolutely zero value for human life. And their goal is to eliminate 93% of us and turn the other 7% into cyborgs that are completely controllable. Now, I don't know what we've got to do to get people to wrap their head around that, but the fact is, is you know, the time to sit around and wait for somebody else to do something for us, that's long gone. If we don't protect ourselves and our families at this point by standing up and saying, you people are absolute tyrants, and we are done with this, and we're going to take you off to uh, Nuremberg trials, and we're going to end up hanging you. Uh, yeah. If we don't start doing that, uh, you know, we're we're complete idiots. Right. And we didn't even do it well at the first Nuremberg. I'll just make right. that point. We got snockered on that, too. And that is why we're we're at a thousands. Of, I mean, this we've been in this war for thousands of years. We just didn't recognize mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And and it is truly a war against humanity. Whatever is going on on this planet, there are humans and there's something else. In my opinion, there, in my opinion, this does not make sense that there are fellow humans doing this. And if there are, if they are fellow humans, then they're, then they somehow are being controlled by something that really wants most humanity to be dead. And I don't really think humans feel that way. We're kind of herd animals. You know, we're soft and fluffy and fuzzy people that like to, you know, hug and, and be together. We're group animals. They, these, these, this group is not like that. And I would say, when you look at the people, we'll call them people, but like I say, I'm not mm -hmm. convinced it's really people. When, I mean, this is what the talk about AI that's starting to make more sense to me. But one of the things that they have the ability, who, who, who could we be fighting here? One of the things we know for sure, this is a worldwide conspiracy. 
There, there's no question about that. This isn't in any country. We can't, we got to get out of the idea that this is um, uh, somehow like, you know, the, the, you and I, we're, we're children of the Cold War. I mean, I can, I got from the Navy, I got my little ribbon for having successfully prosecuted the Cold War. I think that's, that's be, being part of the takedown of the, of the old Soviet bloc. You know, I think that's kind of funny in retrospect that we thought that really meant anything, but the, um, in fact, it was quite the opposite. We were being taken down and Russia's, Russia's come out of it. So, uh, you know, we've got to get, but people still are in that mindset that there are good countries and bad countries. Oh, North Korea, bad. South Korea, good. Australia, good. Canada, good. Oh, China, bad. Russia, bad. Forget all that. That's not what's going on here. It doesn't go by national boundaries. That's number one. These, the people that we're fighting, the enemy is international. And we could have, we can, we could have figured that out just looking at the PCR tests, uh, how do you how do you mishandle a test? Okay, the, we know that lab technology guys they know what they're doing. They know how to train their staff. They know how to run tests. But how do they overcycle these tests all around the world in every lab? Essentially, I mean that had to be orchestrated by somebody that has international reach. So I would make the I don't think it's much past. I don't think it's really debatable that this is international. The other thing is they have the ability to completely control the media. The media is so quiet. They're, they're they're quiet about things. I mean, first of all, they they they're not quiet about idiots like Hotsey, who's not an idiot. I should say, you know, the evil guys like Hotsey that stand up and say complete trash nonsense, and they support them over and over again. But the other thing is, they're quiet by omission. You know, CNN and MSNBC and things like that. They may lie by commission, but Fox lies by omission. You know, not telling you things that you really need to know. So one of my things that I'm 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 looking at and trying to figure out if I'm going to go out there is what's happening in Washington D.C. Now I had a friend out there not too long ago. He went to CPAC and he went downtown with somebody else. Said, "Let's go downtown D.C. and see what's really going on," and they did. And here's what he told me. He told me that. The Federal Reserve is shut down. There's all this construction trash in the front yard, and you know it's all walled off. There's no traffic in it, and that's true. I had another friend there not last week who took a picture, and you can see it. Now he said they didn't completely take the sign off because there's no from the picture you can't even see it says Federal Reserve at all, but it's carved into the marble fa mm -hmm. facade, so they couldn't take that part off. But there's no sign there now. You know, he's kind of saying, oh, it just looks like they're remodeling. Really? Is that how you remodel a federal building? It's not even federal, but it's not a reserve. But it's, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be a big, important uh, United States asset thing. How do you shut down the whole building, dig up the front yard? There's something very wrong there. And then my my friend that went down there the first time, he said, and the the reflecting pool is empty and it's stinky. In other words, they didn't really? just they didn't just empty it yesterday for cleaning for a day. When you do that to your swimming pool, you don't get you don't get swamp smell. Okay, but he says a smell. In his opinion, D.C. looks like an abandoned city that's run out of money. That yeah, there's still tourists. There's still things going on. And he didn't go in. Now I would like to to be more thorough in an investigation, and I would love to go there. My problem is it's a lawless. I think it's a lawless territory. I'm a little nervous about going, but we'll see. But whatever it is, the media is, shouldn't the media comment on this? 
Mm. In fact, the complete absence of the media and their complete compl complacency about what's those guys in, in jail from January 6th, it, you know, so, and, and again, this group also was able to de deploy a bioweapon and employ it worldwide. And they had to, to, and they controlled governments to do that. Now they didn't really have to, to do our government. I think they own, but you know, Brazil and some of these governments, they only took it under duress. They had to, they, they, you know, in some cases they were asked to, to give over sovereign assets like military bases to mm -hmm. Pfizer. Are you kidding me? So what, you know, and the other thing about this group is that they can enforce loyalty better than the mob. You know, the Sicilian mob look like choir boys compared to these guys. These guys have been around for a thousand years, successfully keeping themselves hidden. Mm -hmm. And they're, and they're also successfully defying categorization. Now, I, I don't know. Do you know anything about Benjamin Fulford? No, I don't. I know the name, but that's it. Well, I started looking at some of his stuff. People started sending me some of the stuff. And, and here's one of the comments that he made. And I think it speaks to part of the heart here. Uh, if, if, and he claims that he's in he has sources within Mossad, within CIA, within all sorts of uh, you know, intelligence agencies and groups around the world that he talks to. And um, he says, quote, if you are outside of the U.S., you can see that most of the world has abandoned the G7 Kazarian Mafia control grid over the last 15 years. The KM only rule over 11% of the world now. Unfortunately, Americans are among that 11%. So it does appear that we are in a small minority, I, I do think. You know, look at what's happening with BRICS. He's right. So let's the, when we unpack that statement, he is correct that the world is abandoning the dollar, which has been the control part of the control of this group of people that we have not yet named. But whatever it is, we are. You know, it's like fluoride. When you look at fluoride, what happens to fluoride? Or who gets who gets fluoridated water? You know, the the um, Hitler, the, the death camps, they fluoridated the water to keep people calm. Uh, Stalin fluoridated the water in the gulag and found he could get rid of 25% of the guards. Fluoridation is a mind control, numbing now, down, you know, deliberate poison, right? Um, and I say that having a father who was part of the original fluoride research, which is really kind of a strange wow. turn of events. Yeah, he was one. Of, he was the guy that they cite his research in this all this because he did the original work on how teeth calcify as a Carnegie fellow years ago. Anyway, um, but but it turns out ninety seven percent of the world's people that are fluoridated, their water is is forcibly fluoridated for them are Americans. We don't realize that they're not fluoridating over in France. They're not mm -hmm. fluoridating in Russia. They're not fluoridating in China. It's us. Well, as a matter of fact, China's sending all all their fluoride here so that they can get rid of it because they know it's not good for the environment. Right, and they're what they're doing is they're giving iodine and selenium to their children. I mean, they're putting it in their soils. They're adding iodine. Another thing that happened after World War II, this is the kind of thing you have to ask yourself. Why is it, and, and, I, and it, it is particularly against us. This is, we are a target for takedown by whoever the enemy we want to name is. The, the 
after World War II, before World War II, we used to stabilize our flour with iodine, which is a great, that is the good halide in the chemical periodic table. Uh, iodine is the one that increases your IQ in children. It's needed for your thyroid. It improves all sorts of stuff in your health. Um, the Japanese who have the lowest dose or lowest rate of breast cancer also have the highest iodine in their diet. So they get about 12.5 milligrams a day from their diet because they eat a lot of seaweed and stuff. Well, we don't. And even if you get little supplements, it's like 150 micrograms. This is like a trace amount compared to what they're getting. But what did we do? We took away the iodine as a stabilizer in wheat. And after World War II, when we got the paperclip chemists over here, we added bromine. And bromine is a toxic halide. It, get, it interferes with our thyroid because it, it interferes with your absorption of iodine. It interferes with the utilization of iodine. So why on earth would we do that? You know, it's, you can go one after the other here. I, I, I had an interesting conversation. My son is a surgeon, and he said to me the other day, so I, I've been doing chelation because I found out I'm high in lead. I don't know why, except that I lived on the, on the, the, the end of Marine Corps runways for 20 years of my life. You know, and I don't know if JP5 fuel is leaded. I suspect it is. So I think that may be it. Who knows? But in any case, I don't know where I got it, but I'm high in, in my lead in my bones and stuff. So I'm going down to chelation. And at one point you get a, you get a basic chem panel, you know, complete chem panel to just see where your starting point is. And it was, it was perfect. I mean, like, like 20 year old, perfect. So I sent it to my son as a surgeon. I said, not bad for an old broad. Right. And he said, mom, don't give me that old broad stuff. You got, this is like you, what we call in medicine, jokingly, you boxic. In other words, all the center of all the boxes check marked. And, and he said, obviously, you know something that others don't. I said, I said, well, you know what it is? And you'll figure this out, too, after you've been in medicine for another decade. Everything organized medicine told us was backwards. It was <laughs> inverted. Now, that gets to me that to the next point is that it's completely, I mean, they're not just little wrong. They've been big wrong. They've been wrong about literally everything in my career I can think of. It started in my life with when I looked at vitamin D. When I was not board certified in orthopedics and I was just a young out of the Navy uh, or still in the Navy out of residency doctor, orthopedic surgeon, board eligible, I went to a review course up in Maine. It's a big course at Colby College, two weeks on reviewing all sorts of stuff for orthopedics and to pass your boards. And um, the the world guy in, in orthopedic bone health in those days made the comment, everybody should start by taking 10,000 international units, at least five, if not 10,000 international units a day of vitamin D, because we are all deficient. You cannot get it in the northern climate sun. Everybody needs this. So my whole career, that's what I did for my patients. What was the Institute of Medicine? The hallowed, you know, you know, white walled halls, ivory tower people doing? They were saying, oh, no, all those, that just makes expensive urine. You only need 400 international units a day. Now, not only did they tell me about the 10,000, but I could see they were right because these women coming into my practice years later, when now I was a spine surgeon, board certified and taking care of these people, I could see on their x-rays, they didn't have osteoporosis. They had adult rickets, which is a, a, a disease that's caused by softening of the bone, by failure of mineralization, by insufficient vitamin D. And they were mm -hmm. taking sometimes 2000 a day. So it told, you know, it confirms what I was told years ago, but here's now 40 years later, 
And the Institute of Medicine is so wrong. What's going on? And then they were wrong about fluoride. They're wrong about statin drugs. They're wrong about literally everything, saturated fats. You know, I could make a list of about 20 items of big things. Um, more recently, uh, thanks to Obamacare and this idea of payment, you know, incentives for, for treating patients in certain ways, um, you know, diabetes, we, we know diabetes is a problem. But we've been treating it wrong, apparently, for a very long time. And there are people that have now figured out ways of cracking that code. Uh, of, um, uh, he's, a, he's a renal guy up in Canada and uh, Jason Fung. And I highly recommend his book on, on the obesity code. It really is very good for anybody that's diabetic. You ought to read it because he's, he's, not, he's, not getting, he's not making it better. He's actually curing type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. So, um, But what, hap what, what I learned was if you're if, at least when I was still in practice, what they had done is they'd made incentives to um, treat, to over treat diabetes. In other words, there's a small group of people with diabetes that are very, what we call brittle. They're very hard to control. And what, what the government came out with is a rule that says, you've got to keep um, this percentage, you've got to keep all your people H1AC, which is a measurement of, of sugar control, below a certain level. And if you don't, you're going to lose your 15% bonus. I, I may be wrong about the exact numbers, mm -hmm. but that's basically the idea. If you don't, if you doctors don't keep your people below a certain um, measure of diabetes, then over the overall, overall, it has to be below this. And if you don't, if a certain number of people are above it, then we're going to take away your bonus. This same kind of thing with the vaccines. If you don't vaccinate a certain percentage of your people, then you lose money. So that's why everybody counts when it comes to their, that's why they try and push it on you. Well, what they were doing is they found out, doctors started complaining because people were dying. You can't run everybody that close to the wire. You can get some of it, some people, I'm not diabetic, you can get some people down lower, but if you go too low, you start killing off the brittle diabetics. And that's what was happening. But the government wouldn't back down. Mm. It tells you their motivations, right? Mm -hmm. So that's who we're dealing with. And you've got to ask yourself, who would who, who fits the bill for this stuff? And, and, and like I say, the other thing about these people, the enemy, is that they really have concealed a lot of things from us, not just about vaccines or little stuff, you know, Look around the world and look at the big historical lies. I mean, some of this is just blowing my mind uh, that's now dropping about, well, first of all, here's a simple one. This, this is not debatable. Over the hundreds of years in America, we found these huge giant skeletons. We've shipped mm -hmm. them to the Smithsonian and they have conveniently lost 100% of them. They have, they've, they've, they've recorded that they received parts of the shipment, but they somehow lost this 10 foot tall, 12 foot tall giant skeleton. What? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we fortunately have pictures of these. So we know this is going on. Who and why would they do that? Mm -hmm. So we're dealing with a very, very secret organization. And I would say uh, they are worldwide. They have, they control, if you, you know, they control the majority of the finances in the world. And they are what we would consider practicing abject evil philosophy of, you know, a murderous philosophy. And like you said, they really want to kill most of the people in the world mm -hmm. and enslave the rest. This is cool. not, this is not, this isn't a drill. We are really no. in a, a fight for our lives.
Well, people used to uh, make fun of David Icke. He referred to him as a lizard people. Right. He (laughs) He started to look a lot better. (laughs) Oh, boy. I mean, honestly, uh, David Icke, uh, you know, he, he had a reputation of being just completely... Uh, completely out there in the ozones. Well, guess what? Uh, he wasn't talking in the same terms. I mean, he wasn't saying these people are lizards. He said they are not like us. They are another species. They're exactly what you're saying. And I can't. I can't think of a better description. I mean, why else would they want to get rid of the human race unless they ultimately plan on replacing it. Right, right. Or just destroying the planet and moving on. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I, part of me. If you know, in my in deep inside of me, I believe we're on a prison planet and we're here for a reason to 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 sort this out. And I honestly think we might be the generation that's going to that we mm-hmm. might be winning right now. I honestly mm-hmm. think we are. Uh, about to we're we're about at a tipping point now maybe the, i don't think that's just hopium i i've got i'm starting to keep a list of all the things i see that makes me believe that but deep in my heart i believe that to be true so you know and that's why i have this quote up here that war is a series of catastrophes leading to victory but but there's some very i mean this whole issue of our history is one of the things that just is mind blowing that can can you really believe that we're in a world where our history has been completely perverted? And it, you know, when you look at it, like the skeletons, the the megalithic structures, um, you know, and these old parts, out of place artifacts. Um, one of them is is medieval and Renaissance paintings that that could not have been painted in the 1400s. Okay, these couldn't mm-hmm. really exist because they're painted in layers of two to five microns thick. Now that we have radiographic um, evidence. And that's not possible even with oil paints today. We're talking very advanced chemistry there to make essentially like laser printing inks. So what's really going on here was, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost, did you ever, there was a, there was a, 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 a lot of predictive programming in TV and Hollywood, but, <laughs> and think about the words that we use, television, mm-hmm. television, mm-hmm. television. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're going to tell us the way the world is. And, and there was a there was a it was a twilight zone years ago a twilight zone and it was a it was this couple that wake up in their bed and there's all this hammering going on and they realize that somehow they've slipped behind the reality curtain and they're watching all these little blue men hammering and creating the world as they walk through it and i thought mm-hmm. you know that's 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 actually kind of creepily possible mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that somehow the, the Truman show, the Truman right, show. It is the Truman show. It, yeah. how, many, how many of us know? I've heard so many people say, I feel like I'm in that show where the guy realizes he's in a, in a, in a fake setting. Yeah. What, a, what about that? I mean, you know, and the other, I'll tell you the other theme that goes through Hollywood is what you just said. There are people that live among us, talk among us, walk like us, talk like us, but aren't us. I.e., there, you know, the the movie Westworld or Westworld mm-hmm. the, the series, that's a perfect example. Star, uh, what was it? Something Galactica, uh, Starship Galactica or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, it, with the first one was with Lauren Green, and then the other one was the other guy. But anyway, really, really excellent uh, show. That last time they remade the series, and the, with the Cylons that were indistinguishable from humans, but they were biosynthetic mm-hmm. people. 
-hmm. You know, are we dealing with that? How many glitches have you seen of these reporters on TV that they suddenly freeze? You know, mm -hmm. and there, it's like, what? <laughs> they don't. They, they they miss taking. They miss cutting that that out of the uh, of the news report of the of the. You know, that's that's well. And look at look at our pretender in chief. Now, mm -hmm. does anybody really believe that's Biden? Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think it was funny. Who was this that was talking yesterday that said, "Are there four Bidens?" There. Are four, oh, I know it was. Juan O'Savin was being interviewed by Mike Chico, and 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 this was from about a month ago. And and Juan O'Savin says, "I want to know about the pay scale of these people playing Biden. There's at least four of them." <laughs> and he says, "And he says one of them can walk fine, and one of them does all these pratfalls, and those are those are hard to do. I mean, you don't want to have excellently mm -hmm. fall off the stage and have your mask come off. So that that guy probably gets paid more. <laughs> you know, it was a funny <laughs> conversation, but." When you really think about it, is that what we're watching? Mm -hmm. Well, the, Lee, you mentioned the red pill. That is the basic premise of the whole idea. The red pill is, uh, you know, from the uh, the series The Matrix. We yeah, are living in a matrix, and you know how many of us are actually like they showed in the matrix, we're just uh, in this goo that they're drawing our energy off through uh, various electrodes attached to us, and our reality is whatever they feed into it. Right, now I, I'm, I'm not willing to believe that we're plugged into anything, but, <laughs> but now that's a good point. Maybe I'll start my talk with a slide. What 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 don't you ever really get to? Do you, you know when you walk away from that whole series? And I rewatched it this year because of the predictive programming. I did. I'm studying now. I'm studying Hollywood as a guide to reality. But um, what what don't you? I you know I walked away from that and I said, yeah, I can remember the Mr. Smith and the, all this stuff. But who's really the enemy? Do we ever get to the bottom of who really is doing this to us? See, that's that's really the question I have. Is it, it, are we ever going to win if we don't? really figure out who's doing this to us who created mm -hmm. the matrix who's who's creating all this stuff i mean if it's we can say it's satan and i believe that's that's part of this equation that there's some demonic force behind this whole thing that's far beyond what we can explain on the basis of human to human interaction right. but but whom who is who are the minions on this earth doing it at least mm -hmm. we have to get to that top of the pyramid you know yeah we do and, and but I agree with you. You say you said something really important earlier. Well, you say everything important, but uh, <laughs> you you said that you think we're actually turning the corner here. We're actually winning this, and I feel the same way. I think that we finally reached the tipping point where we've got enough people paying attention that it's going to be damned hard for them to put the genie back in the bottle. I don't yes, think they I do too. Do it. Yeah, I don't. Well, that that brings me to a question for you guys. What do you think is going on here? There are two things that I just that are mind blowing in the last couple of weeks here. One is these pictures of empty Chinese cities, and we're not talking about the ghost mm -hmm. towns. Again, is this all AI propaganda, scare porn? You know, I don't know. But but they're showing Beijing without a lot of people. And the story drops that the, the, the COVID vaccine really was not a depopulation agent, 
but a dematrix evasion agent or something to get rid of the clones that have been supporting this matrix. That there's two groups of, of us wandering around here. They're real humans, really, you know, children, mm -hmm. children of God on the land. And then there are these things that have been created without the standard techniques. This goes and this and this goes back, by the way, to the 1800s when we had these very creepy pictures. Well, somebody researched this of all these postcards. Okay, it was like Cabbage Patch Kids. These postcards, he had thousand postcards that he'd found in, from the 1800s that had this pictures of orphan trains, orphan ships, uh, orphans being um, kept in a nursery, orphans in an orphans in incubators, um, pictures, drawings like these 1800s stylized. Uh, courier, not Courier Knives. What's that? There was another famous artist back then that did all these, po these posters of children in cabbage, the so-called Cabbage Patch Kids, children mm. with storks. But they and and the and these kids did not know their parents. They did not have a history of being raised by parents, and they had and they they some of them said we don't have a belly button like you do. What? <laughs> oh, wow! You know, I'm telling you, this is mind blowing. Mm. But you see. We have we I do believe we've had cloning technology for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's not really, you know, a little bit has slipped out in the official kind of scientific circles where they tell you how they can do it. By the time that happens, you know, they've had it at least for 30 years. But maybe mm -hmm. this goes back a long time before that. And have we been reset before? You know, you go back and these these empty cities now are looking very familiar to me when I look at the pictures of these, what they're showing about Tartaria and the idea that we had old cities, St. Petersburg. Uh, there was a there was a picture that of old. It was an old uh, panic, like a panorama picture of St. Petersburg at two o'clock, roughly in the afternoon, based on the shadow off buildings and things. And there's nobody in the city. You don't see one person down there. Now they didn't just wow. go inside, and then they show pictures of. Then they go, they go, uh, you know, to uh, you know, the Czech Republic. They go to Berlin. They go to different places, and they don't. All these cities are empty until they get to the outskirts of Paris. I, I you know, is this this whole so-called reset of getting rid of most of the humans down to five hundred million? Is this happening cyclically? Have they been farming us for thousands of years? Is our history even beginning to be correct? Does any of this make sense? This I is agree. the most mind-blowing part of it. But I, uh, Lee, I I agree. I mean, it, we we would have to be so um, myopic in our vision if we really believe that all the things that we're seeing now haven't happened before. Right. I mean, it's there's, be. there's clear evidence that we've had civilizations that uh, really uh, were creating a lot of problems and they got rid of them. And so that leads me to my next question for you guys. What do you think of all these troops in the cities? Yeah. That, that's I'm, I keep waiting for people to, to text me and say, I live in Philadelphia. It's true. I can see them. The only mm -hmm. thing I've personally seen were troop movements on Interstate 80 going west. OK, mm -hmm. so I can tell you, as far as I can determine, they're not in Omaha, Nebraska. That's the only city I'm really near. Um, you know, I haven't heard that they're in Des Moines. I think I would hear that. So this area, don't see it. Mm -hmm. It appears to be blue cities. So what's is the two questions are, is it happening or is it just CGI? 
Is it just, you know, rumor mill, get us afraid again. Mm-hmm. And if it, or, and if it's, if we determine it is happening, what does it mean? You mm-hmm. got any thoughts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, yeah, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I, we've, we've been hearing a lot of talk, a lot of conversation about white hats. Okay. We've, we've listened to that. I'm not sure that I believe that anybody's going to save us except ourselves, but that we've also heard that there's a lot of stuff going on and you and I both, I, I was certainly not a, a high a military officer or anything like that, but I was in the military and uh, we we both recognize there's too many good people in the military that I know that would not go along with this complete right. nonsense that's going on. So you've got to get to the point where you you realize if all the things that we're seeing are happening, all the transgender and all the other stuff that they're doing to try to slice and dice and destroy our civil society, there's bound to be a great number of people like you and me. It's not just you and me. It's right. not just you, me, and Michael and uh, a thousand other people. There are millions that have got to agree with this. So I... I actually, I think there are things going on behind the scene, but I have no idea what they are because I'm not in the loop. Right, and I'm not either. So looking from the outside, my thoughts were, assuming this is true, you know, in medicine, we always say, assuming the history to be true. If you're lying to me about your medical history, then my conclusions are not not valid. Mm-hmm. But assuming this is happening, and it's happening in blue cities, there's a bunch of possibilities. I mean, one is that it's just that it's it's not going to be just the blue cities. They're the first ones. It's going to be a you know the worst worst possibility is this is a mobilization of our military against us. Now mm-hmm. I have a real hard time believing that for what you just said. I don't believe all the fine people in the military are going to turn their weapons on American citizens. I just don't believe it until I see it happen. I, I'm going to say um, they could be there to guard against some kind of foreign invasion. But again, I don't know that I see that happening. Yeah, the border's open, and yeah, we have what looks like platoons of Chinese marching across the border. That could be. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you put just the hunters in the state of Minnesota together, that they constitute the fifth largest standing army in the world. That's one state. Mm -hmm. These are, and they're not just not trained people carrying a gun. These people can aim. So I don't really think that would be an easy, you know, there's still, I don't care how how you do it in the world, there's still a supply line problem when you have long supply lines that far. Okay. So I don't, I'm not buying that this is a classic military, you know, landing on the shores of California kind of thing. May I I check here, if I may? Just for, yeah, please I, do, yes. Michael. Just because I, it, you're on this topic, I happen to speak. I just put up a video called Between We the People and the Military. And recently, you know, I can only get, I, like you, we look at what is presented to us. We try to read the right. tea leaves and behind the lines and between the lines and everything. We don't know, like you brought up, is it CGI? Is it real or Memorex? We don't know. Right, right. <laughs> Nobody knows what Memorex is anymore. <laughs> Except us old parts. <laughs> so uh, so when I, when I get, when I ask people all the time out there, what do you do? I get people work in the military and I'm always asking them, 
are there white hats? Are there real? Is there things? And I now I understand that they are also, you know, they have a they can't tell it all because the, you know they're under. Right. That's one of the problems of, here too. Is you can't. Yeah, yeah. Reveal so, if it if it's true, they're not going to tell you anyway. So that question doesn't really. Get us yeah, much, but go ahead. And I have indeed before I get into the interview, say, look, I know you can't say some things that, but if I do say something that is, is true, <laughs> just kind of like rub your nose. Really <laughs> oh, that's that way I'll know that what I just said is real. So and, and recently I talked to a woman who is involved with setting up a lot of the uh, cyber war networks within the military. But I asked her about the white hats and because the vast majority of the ones I, I do speak to out there about this, they kind of poo poo that idea. They kind of say, no, no, no. What you see is what you're getting here right now. And we're in a lot of trouble, blah, blah, blah. No. Well, the two instances where I did get some hope recently was a lady that was setting up the cyber. She was working in the cyber uh, warfare department. And she said, we're kind of like with a sly kind of way saying, don't worry about it. We've got this covered. There are good people in there. But I just want to share with you this uh, couple I just spoke to out on the streets. And <laughs> he's he's uh, he's in the same vein that Jeremy Brown is in who was of course just sentenced to seven years in jail because he wouldn't go along with the FBI uh, in their uh, January six provocatoring. But this couple, this one of this guy is also in special ops, and she's a helicopter pilot, which is would surprise me because she's you know, well, she's. If you were to guess, you wouldn't get it. In what capacity? Uh, it's a special forces group. So. so you work for me, Uncle Sam? Something like that. She does too. Black Hawk pilot. Black Hawk pilot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They're making them pretty these days, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's what I said. I'm telling you. They're, they're, you know, back in my day, they weren't, didn't look like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Right. So, how long you been in? About eight years. Eight years. And yourself, young lady? Sixteen. Wow. Terrific. Oh, man. All right. Give me some hope here. All right. Give me some hope. Because, you know, there's so much conflicting things you hear. And I know there's some things you can't. You know, you hear things. I'll hear one guy say, oh, the the military, it's going to hell. You know, they got us some big choo-choo's and the pronoun things coming in and all that crap. And then on the other side, you have these guys like... um, Eric Johnson, you mm-hmm. familiar with Eric Johnson? Yeah. You know, who, who's that? Hey, don't worry about things. You know, the code's in there. We got the, you know, the white hats coming in there. Secret things, secret tribunals over going over there. We're arresting people. The Black Hawk helicopters are landing, extracting the people. You know, where are we at? I mean, do we have something to worry about? Are there, are, uh, you know, I was listening to Steve Quayle yesterday, and he says that a lot of the military is so spread out around the world that we don't even have them here. So, you know, if we were to be invaded, like right now, there's the, um, we got all the, 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 the 
control systems that are in Hawaii mm -hmm. right now for the Pacific yeah. to be taken out by the hypersonic missiles. No, yeah. ain't gonna happen. It's, I don't worry too much about now. Then that's good. See, that's why I like talking to you guys. <laughs> if I'm out here, I can get the real deal. I'm talking to people actually doing the stuff. And I, every time I get, get on the internet, you listen to these guys, and it's like... It's like anything. You hear about the, the fringe 1% in the news, and I mean, you know, there's, there's obviously political stuff in the military, but it's like the military's ready to go. Is it? Yeah, good. We can find. But all that shit goes out the window when something serious happens anyway. It's good. All right. I'm really so happy to hear about it. All the shit you see right now, like the renaming of faces, it's all just for the news. Like, nobody cares. Whole show. Scare you. Now, they've been talking about grid shutdowns. That might be happening. You guys are always reminded because I know that they do your. They do exercises all the time. Like they have the, the helicopters land at this uh, abandoned Navy base up mm -hmm. here, and they'll have the you know the special ops guys yep. go out there and chase out all the homeless with rubber bullets. How about that? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, that's how they do the exercises. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've heard because sure. I've talked to some of the homeless here. Why not? You know, that's what they did tell me what's going on. Yeah, I know. I know. That's one way to train, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's a little urban old warfare there. You know, trying to do that. But, uh, I worry right now in the political situation if we'll even make it to the 2024 election without martial law being declared. How do we get a reason after that? Yeah, you know, that's saying that big body of two ways, like, you know, because, like, people are like, oh, Trump's going to declare martial law. And I was like, dude, the military is going to be like, no. And same thing, if Biden tried to do it, they'd be like, no, not how that works, man. Like, you have an election. If you lose, you're out. Sorry. Yeah. Now, you know they, that Eric Johnson and all the rest of them say that, that Trump is still in charge of it. No. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, as I say, you hear this stuff. Like, Wait yeah. a second. I mean, how much clown theater do you want us to go into? You know? It's a lot. I, yeah. At the end of the day, we're still there at operations and kicking ass overseas, like doing stuff. So Millie hasn't got you walking around in pink tutus and stuff? <laughs> He's kind of like, I think, that I've met John Millie, actually, on two different occasions. Uh, he's got some good stuff that he does, like their force modernization program was awesome. Getting okay. new equipment, new helicopters, new tanks, stuff like that. He's, his, like, concession was the name change of bases and stuff like that. Stuff that doesn't affect anybody's operational ability. Yeah. But when it comes out to it, Austin seems pretty goofy, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really. He's, he's, he's all right, I got something for you guys. I, I think you'll appreciate it. <laughs> this is a get-out-of-jail-free card from Hillary Clinton. Nice. Love it. This is good for any crime in the world. <laughs> yes. As you Love know, it. there's a problem with that. You, you have to oh, identify yeah. yourself as Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't wait to which class. Yeah, it's so, always a pleasure, you guys. Thank you very much for your info. So, you know what I wish you'd asked him? Because, again, I mean, that's just your classic, uh, we can't say anything. But right. but I wish you'd asked him, have you seen a Biden photograph in any federal building? Yeah. Because, you see, the problem is these guys, like like I had Jeffrey Prather on my show the other night, and he's a, he's still in the intelligence uh, game. Mm -hmm. he's, an, he's a former DIA, former DEA. And you ask him, is there a, and I don't like the term white hats because that implies this is this group versus this group. Right. But but you ask him, hey, is there somebody coming to help us? And he's in without, you know, it's almost too quick. He says, no, nah, we're on our own. Da -da 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 -da. 
The problem I have with that is, I think if we were really on our own, given the level of weaponry available to the bad guys today, we'd have been long locked up. There's no, there's no, there's no obvious reason why they would be having to fight us to put us to, to get rid of most of the people on Earth and to, uh, I mean, we don't have directed energy weapons, we don't have scalar weapons, we don't have nuclear weapons, we don't have anything. The only th there's got to be some counterbalancing power here, and my point is is that there's something that what we ha the only thing I'm hanging on is. I, I don't think you, these guys can't talk to us, but but there are certain things you see that don't make sense unless there's somebody in the background. And I'm just going to make make this point that that it doesn't have to be our military. It certainly does not have to be our military. In fact, the Russian military is more likely. But what what I think is happening is I'm kind of with Cliff High on this about the self-organizing collective. We're in kind of this group of people that we're trying to define. One of the characteristics is they're all related. The people on the top are all related to each other. Mm -hmm. And and if they're related and have come down through millennia, are there no other families that are related and have come down through millennia that might be counterbalancing them? Maybe, maybe what we're in, and he calls it the self-organizing collective because he says there, there are these bloodline families all over the place. And they, there's been kind of a balance of power, but the world has become unbalanced. And these guys, this the satanic Moloch worshiping sub faction, this group of families, the so-called red faction, has has gotten power like you can't believe. They're, they're, they they've taken on most of the world. Now, if that's true, could there be? Could we just be in a war of bloodlines? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think we have to get out of the idea that it's just oh that the white hats are our military that are going to do it. I think it's a, a worldwide something just like it's a worldwide cabal. That's the bad guys. There's a worldwide collective of something that's been mm -hmm. counterbalancing them for a long time, but lost some control. And now they may not have been. So they didn't, they didn't organize as well. It's just like what we see in the microcosm. Look, how what uh, you know when when people that are staunch Republicans, what do they always complain about? We just don't organize like the Democrats. Our problem is we're too busy working and doing our job, so we don't organize. But there comes a time when we organize, okay, mm -hmm. the conservatives, and that's now. Mm -hmm. But I think what that's what we're seeing on a worldwide connection. I, I do. I think we're not mm – -hmm. I don't think we're alone. I just think it's not as, as simple as maybe we are, we are painting it. Yeah, well, thank you for that, thank you for that uh, question. I, I will ask that in the future. It's a good one. Yeah. And yeah. I do wonder about the yeah. – uh, you know, again, I take everything with a grain of salt out there, too. Uh, these people, you know, they're in their little bubble, too. But I do like the fact, I do like this fact. If that woman is a Black Hawk helicopter pilot, as she says, I think the strategy there is they're making our, our soldiers so beautiful, the enemy will surrender immediately to them. <laughs> yeah. I like that strategy. That's what they're doing. Well, and, and, and let, you know, here's another point. Was I just going to say just before you said that, we were talking about the uh, – no, oh, now I forgot it. Don't, don't, never mind. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, intercede at this point with a comment that uh, uh, Lee, you made, you made uh, earlier the, the comment that uh, uh, the people that we are told to not believe, the people that we're told uh, to hate oh. are usually the ones that are, 
doing the right thing because right. our media is so totally controlled. And and I kind of wonder, I mean, you and I've had this discussion, but uh, they've demonized Trump. They demonized uh, Balasaro. They demonized uh, Vladimir Putin. I mean, they have absolutely picked right. enemies of the people and automatically my mind says those are the good guys yeah i'm i'm 100 with you i mean look at what putin just came out with by the way i love this you know he's just showed somebody he was talking and he said look here is the signature of the um uh the agreement that that we would have this buffer zone. This is from 2014. We'd have this buffer zone in Ukraine and that we had, we would agree that they would not harm the Donbass and we would not move move out their direction and NATO would stay. Correct. And by the way, and, and after World War II, the agreement was written that NATO would not move east. And what did they do? They've been encroaching and encroaching and doing all this bad stuff. So, yeah, no, Putin, Putin's got them red, you know, with red blood on their hands and ink on their hands. So, um, I, I think you're exactly right. And they and so the, when you start seeing them de demonize somebody, you should look at why they're demonizing him and what's he know that they don't know. Here's here's again the point is uh um they also interestingly, why did they why did gnosis, okay, it's a word that means knowledge. And we we hear about the Gnostics. You you mentioned the Gnosticism to you know, my, my Catholic friends, oh my gosh, they just go crazy that these people were evil and that's why they had to be, I mean, the Catholic Church basically stomped out the Gnostics. Now, this is one of those things I researched because I listened to David Icke. He talks about the Nag Hammadi. And when you look into this whole thing, what did, they, what did the Gnostics believe? They kind of believed that that there was a there was some kind of parasitic alien whatever demonic uh group that was hanging on our world that it kind of that our world was not always like this but this it, this demonic entity has come these entities have come and they suck off our negative energies in other mm -hmm. words they you know to use the vernacular they go around stirring up shit because they mm -hmm. can get into people's minds thinking and they get they they start wars they start they start conflict and they make you depressed and then they suck off that depressive energy that is exactly. how they're farming negative us. energy they claim now, that negative energy is greater than positive energy yeah star right. trek star trek actually had a a episode of that where an entity entered the enterprise and would grow as it created conflict when they got the crew to start arguing with one another and fighting it. And as the crew would start arguing, fighting, the entity would grow in power. Right. And, uh, what are we looking a, at? Yeah. yeah. And so they, they tell, tell us, us. they yeah. tell us, that's it. Yeah, they, they tell us, they, they, you know, they, they, they tell us in movies. It's, it's almost like, <laughs> and then they tell us how they tell us. I don't know if you saw this, there was a TV show, and it was about a guy who was this top secret agent, you know, and they never mentioned CIA or what he is, but his, his dad is kind of runs him and he goes around the world and, and, and he's always kind of depressed about his job. You know, he's an assassin. I, he has to take out. These I know guys. which one you're that? talking about. Okay. Yeah. And what does he do? He's, he's, he's got all this top secret knowledge and all this 
these weird things he has to do, but he plays the guitar. And so he, he just sits into sets on these, in these little coffee houses around the Europe. And he sings songs that are so kind of depressing sounding, but he's telling you exactly all the secrets, but, but he does it in such a way nobody's expecting him to. So it doesn't, that's exactly what you're talking about is that they come on and they do a Star Trek episode and they tell you the truth. <laughs> well, there was a show Grimm, and it was seven seasons, and it was all about people that look like us, talk like us, but they were kind of ha they would they could shape shift into these animals, and they were the brothers Grimm was really a story. It was not just a fairy tale. It was true about how there was families that would hunt them. This is my point about the self organizing collective that Cliff I talks about. There were two groups of families or three groups. There were the the evil shapeshifters, the people that were bad. And by the way, and one of the things that I discovered in Ukraine that I, early on, I found this symbol that I saw on that show. It's called the Wolf Songle, which was a Nazi symbol from Panzer, Das Reich, mm -hmm. you know, stuff and like that. So this is telling you who these people are. So there's the, the those are the bad guy shapeshifters. Then they're indistinguishable physically, but shapeshifters that have renounced that badness. Okay. And then there are the Grimm's, and these are a different bloodline of people that have come down through the millennia and have been keeping the balance by fighting them. That is exactly what Cliff High is talking about, the, mm -hmm. that there are these bloodline families that all have their different things. The Druze might be one. The Cathars. Why were the Cathars exterminated by the Catholic Church? Down Almost down to a man. And they, were, they apparently were also this... this um, bloodline that's somewhat resistant to this to this t toxin they put out the, whatever we want to call it COVID or the the, the first round of, of the 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 ace2 pathway blocking toxin we'll call it um it's the k26r bloodline and it appears to be in the mayans or incas the the druze uh mm. And the the uh, the Khazarian bloodline, which went through the royal houses, the banking houses of Europe, the Amish, I mean, uh, the Ashkenazi, there's a whole bunch of people that have it. I think there's some families in China that have it, the Lee family, you know, and that's that's the other thing is you're seeing these there's a whole bunch of talk about these dragon societies in China, the old families. And so I'm I'm in favor that we're gonna the that we're going to find that this is an ancient war and we're in the middle of it, but we might be able to really take our world back through this. I mean, I think this time we'll see. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and, and of course you, you, you know, I know you're a Christian lady. I, I am a Christian man. Uh, as the saying goes, we know how the story ends. Uh, we can't help but believe and have the faith that that's going to happen if we truly are uh, believers. Yeah. And I and I I would say I'm like the Cathars. I'm kind of a Christian of a different color. That's one of the one of the problems with the you know, Cathars had an interesting I learned this from Cliff. I had an interesting philosophy. They said if there's a building that they didn't have churches. Okay. They said they were mm -hmm. Christians, but they didn't have churches. They said if there's a building, there's an organization. If there's an organization, you've lost your freedom. Mm -hmm. And true. see, I think that's the other thing, the, the, how we identify our enemy is they're very structured. They're very mm -hmm. organized. They have to have hierarchy, you know, as just God gave us free will. And as people of free will, we don't need a structure. You know, you just go out and do your thing. 
But if you want to control people, you have to have a structure. And that's what all these, and I don't care, the, you know, I, I, I've heard people say this in a better way, but for me, it's like, if you see a, a pyramid of power, I don't care if we're talking about the Catholic Church or Enron or the United States government or anybody, at the top of it, you're going to find abject evil. Mm-hmm. Somewhere up there, it's being controlled. Now, that doesn't mean everybody in that pyramid is controlled. The, the way conspiracies work is through compartmentalization and hierarchy. Yeah. And I think we're dealing with that. So I, I agree. Of them. I, I agree. And and we've talked about that as uh, organizations like uh, Red Pill University, that we need to be a holographic group so that we don't have the structure and individuals who are the leadership. Uh, if If we are all a group of individuals doing our own thing, it's hard to find the person to take out. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and um, l- let me just point out what I'm seeing happen right now. And, it, and my uh, my eyes woke up with Simone Gold in the AFLDS, of which I'm a member. In fact, I'm just she just invited me out to do to do a white coat summit in D.C. When I might go out and take pictures, we'll see. But um, here's the thing: What did they do? What happened to her? She had a she 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 was a doctor. I don't I'm I'm back in Simone. I, I got to say, I've never seen her do anything that I didn't think was for the benefit of patient mm-hmm. interest. OK, she was an ER doctor that spoke out in favor of hydroxychloroquine and couldn't believe that Kaiser Permanente wanted to censor her for it. And that's when she lost her job because she wouldn't quit speaking. And then she set up the this organization. She started it in. I mean, she for up until about a year ago, she's been living in a two-room apartment, you know, um, just trying to make ends meet to get all this stuff done. She got, uh, suddenly all this money started coming in. She made it big time, and all this money started coming in. So she realized she needed to do something about it. Now, this is my interpretation. I didn't get this from her particularly, but part of it I did. So, so the thing of it is, what do you do? We're not we're doctors. We're not used to dealing with all this this business stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. so. She 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 gets help. She sets up a 501c3, which now you have to have a board. And then when she gets a board, then she has a lawyer to advise her, okay, on how to deal with things. Then they when they threaten to throw her in jail, because she gets on this because of this trumped up crap in J6, sorry about the language. She she gets thrown into jail. She appoints the lawyer to the board because she needs somebody to take over while she's in jail, and immediately he to- he goes after her and claims to be exposing her for misuse of the company's funds. Now, wow. okay, I mean, it might sound, you know, oh, they bought a three and a half million dollar house. When you hear the whole story about that, it was the best use of the money that could be used for the organization that wasn't just sitting in the bank, you know, being eroded away with inflation. So right. there's right. a lot of stuff to that. And, and people that don't run corporations don't know that everybody, trust me, George Soros does this. Warren Buffett does this. The bad guys all do this. I mean, so it's using the money appropriately to maximize the tax loss. But anyway, what happens is when that when I heard that story, I said, wait a minute, I've heard that story before. That story was Scott Kesterson, Bards FM, another patriot, you know, war fighter that was, you know, trying to support a very conservative candidate in Colorado. And one day a federal marshal shows up at his uh, at his a partner is his hotel room where he was traveling for for this and really is feeling guilty. He has this, I think it's episode 69 on his part Bards FM podcast, but he talks about this whole thing. And it was essentially the same thing. 
He starts a 501c3 because now he's getting donations to help this cause. He gets a lawyer. He points the lawyer to the board. And when he gets, and then suddenly, miraculously, he gets arrested with no charges, put in jail for 21 days. And, wow. and the board lawyer accuses him of misappropriation of funds. And this drags on, drags the whole organization down. Okay. Now you've got recently, you got Project Veritas. Now it wasn't quite the same, but here's a guy that sets up an organ. You know, he's doing it on his own. He's kind of like the, you know, I don't know if he was a college student when he started that, but he started doing this kind of very low budget with a few people. But mm -hmm. suddenly he becomes a big time, starts getting in money and donations. So he sets up an organization. And what happens? They get some people to say, oh, he was mean to me, you know, and they, they use the organization to take him down personally. They, they demonize him. And the thing starts falling apart. I think he's going to have the last laugh. The last, and then another one I've heard about is uh, the NRA. Now I'm not a, I'm not a huge, you know, big believer. They're the best gun organization out there, but I think the NRA has done a lot of good things over the years. Mm -hmm. And the, and they are the, I'm going to tell you, the left is afraid of them more than lots of people. So you got to say they're doing some good. The NRA, uh, Warren, uh, uh, LaPierre, uh, what's his first mm -hmm. name? Wayne, Wayne LaPierre. Yeah. Wayne. So, mm -hmm. so Wayne LaPierre, is is been there for years as the executive director they you know and suddenly and and you know and they're a 501c3 i'm sure and they've got a board and the whole bit and suddenly he's being accused of misappropriation of funds right mm -hmm. same mm -hmm. same game plan and what's the misappropriation of funds like they bought him a, the, the money was used for buying him a couple suits or something i mean it was chump change stuff mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you got to say to yourself there's a pattern here yeah yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a pattern of takedown and they're using, and this is where I would say it kind of comes together. If you look at these people the, in every war, there's symbolism and there's a proprietary language, uh, code language, right? To fight the war. So the enemy doesn't know what you're talking about, but you can talk, you know, we had the Navajo code talkers and they could talk, they could talk in front of people like the Japanese prison guards, and they wouldn't know what they were saying. There's no way they could learn that language. They were confident. In fact, that was that was more secure than the enigma, as it turned out. Mm -hmm. So what's our language of this war? Well, the people that we're fighting, they use symbolism, and they then they use this old Babylonian legal word, legalese, we call it, and they use proprietary scientific terms that we, because Latin is something that they know that we don't know. We don't teach Latin anymore, but but... When they told us, for example, there's a virus spreading around Wuhan, killing people, what they told, they, they, they also believe in this religion that they can't lie to us. They have to tell us the truth, but they can do it in such a weird way that we don't understand. That's still on us. Mm -hmm. They relieved their karmic debt. So they sold, said this virus was spreading out and killing all these people. Well, they didn't lie. But what they didn't tell you is in Latin, virus means poison. It does not mean a little virus, a little germ that comes out of our mouth, little flying unicorn that makes other people sick. That's a great anti-human agenda. It's unproven and un, you know, it's just an assertion. Mm -hmm. okay? And mm -hmm. I will tell you, that's not what's going on. This has nothing to do with RNA. It has nothing to do with genetic sequence viruses that float out in the air and make you sick. This is something different, but it started with a poison. And that's when they said it was a virus. That's what they were telling us, mm -hmm. you know? The symbolism is everywhere when you when you learn to read the symbols. You know, the, the, in my time in medicine, in 1976, the symbol of medicine was primarily the staff of Asclepius. In classic, I guess I was in, the, you know, the East Coast kind of, uh, you know, classic medical school paradigm. But they 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 
they understood the history and the, they had a whole history of medicine thing. The history of Rochester, they, I had a professor just arguing that the, the, real, the real symbol of medicine was the staff of Asclepius. It was a single staff and a single snake. But about mm -hmm. that time, there was this big push and all these organizations were adopting the caduceus. The caduceus had been around since the 1800s, but it's not an ancient symbol like 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 we think it is. I mean, not like the staff of Asclepius. So anyway, it had gotten popularity over the 1900s and, and, and when I was in medical school. But anyway, what is it really of? Okay, now it has the staff, but it's got two snakes wrapped around. And when you look at those two snakes, where do you see them otherwise? You see them on the belly of the Baphomet, the satanic sculpture, right? I'll mm. show pictures of this at Red Bell. <laughs> anyway, mm -hmm. uh, and... And then there's the wings. Where do the wings come from? The wings come from a bird called the cockatrix. And David Icke will love this. Um, the cockatrix bird, it's half reptile, half bird, and it can kill you with its glance. The darting Shakespeare's, the darting eye of the cockatrix. It can kill you by spitting on you or glancing at you. Now, why on wow. earth would you have the death bird on the caduceus, on a symbol of healing, right? No, it's no not kidding. a symbol of healing. Okay, this is a this this was a, this was a tell. This is them laughing at us, talking to each other, thinking we're and they get us to adopt their their evil symbolism as ours. That's what's going on. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you, the perfect example is the uh, uh, the Illuminati symbol on the one dollar bill. Uh, you know, it's like in your face. They they oh. are or putting uh, putting Andrew Jackson uh, on on the fiat currency, right? Uh, or uh, put, <laughs> putting Thomas Jefferson and Washington on fiat currency. I mean, it's like okay, you're not just giving us the message; you're laughing at us with the message. Yeah, that's exactly right. I just found the symbol. I don't know how I stumbled across it, but if you look at the symbol, the, the flag of Colorado, and I can't remember what their Latin phrase means, but it's something like in the eye of God, I think is what it mm -hmm. means. Or like, look, God sees all or something like that. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But what do you see on their flag? At the top is the Illuminati symbol. And underneath that is are the fasci, like the fascists, like, oh. like the, the, the what Mussolini had, the, the mm. group of tethered tethered branches um, wrapped together, which we also see on our money. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. this is fasc the fascist symbol goes way back to antiquity. Mussolini sure, didn't start with that. Mm -hmm. So you're exactly right, and that's just a small part. You know, David Icke with his whole. I got to say, the people, and again, when they condemn people and they make fun of them, it's because they're not looking at any data. They're just, it's it's fall it's a classic fallacy ad hominem. It's a it's a it's a formal logical philosophic fallacy. Make fun of the person speaking. Don't look at what they're saying and don't re don't research it yourself. You know, people that don't research anything that David Icke actually said have no clue the level of research that he's put into all this. Oh, His yeah. books are fabulous, and mm -hmm. I have to say, uh, he's got a lot of evidence for this whole reptilian thing, and there's even more evidence coming out. I'm I'm just going to say now. We'll hang. What did we hear? Now, part of it is is I think that is is part of their disinformation program to make us afraid. But we were told by Werner von Braun, right? Watch out because when they're desperately at the end game of this, they're going to be desperate and they're going to drag out aliens to try and frighten the, the world. 
<laughs> what are we seeing right Bingo. now? Bingo. Suddenly UFOs everywhere. And my favorite are these commercial these these news reports that are so silly you can't even I mean, I actually do that there's been so much evidence that we tried to show them about people seeing things in the sky. I have a I have one I've seen myself. My husbands have seen the little gray guys. I mean, there there there's something out there. But what they're now tell, showing you is just so ridiculous you can't believe it. They have these news articles of these people calling the police because there's this lizard man, eight foot lizard man in my backyard. It's like really, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just the whole story is. It almost sounds like these are these are these are crisis actors that are doing this now. I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, you you know, you mentioned Club of Rome, uh, that the. the uh, uh, limits to growth. That book they talked about it in in the early meetings. They talked about using uh, the alien attacks on Earth as a catalyst to bring all the people of the world under control. And uh, they decided, no, we can't do that because at the time they didn't have the technology to make right. it really, really believable. So what did they do? They fell back on the environmental movement because yeah. they had the ability and they said this is worldwide the climate is all the way around the world so we can use that but uh, they always had in the back of their mind that alien invasion thing as a whole card right i mean they right. they that's, say it in their own writings and that's and that, i would love to see some of that you have to have to get the citations from that cuz i think that's exactly on point and the fact that they're again when we say it looks like the tipping point and we're winning, the fact that they're having to pull that one out of their hat is it says to me that that's they're they they're losing. And I think I think to me, uh, putting it all together is the kinetic the where the there's a nexus of the spiritual and the kinetic war, and that is Ukraine, and that is coming apart at the seams for the, the Ukrainians and and I feel bad. This is not. Uh, this is not the Ukrainians doing this. This is they've been captured too. They're being mm-hmm. that area is being used. And just just one point here that would uh, as to your the Club of Rome. What's the Club of Rome pretend to be? An environmental greeny organization that cares about the environment. And these very same people that are running the Club of Rome are running this war in Ukraine from the NATO EU CIA side. And what are they doing? They're sending spent uranium warheads and weapon ammo to the uh, Ukrainian forces. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the upshot of that? You're going to make areas um, or you're going to convince people that areas are uninhabitable. uninhabitable. I, honest, mm-hmm. I honestly think there's something, there's something. I mean, Ukraine was the old seat of the Ukar- of the Khazarian Empire. Right. And, you know, and you mentioned Andrew Jackson. You know, Andrew Jackson is the guy that Trump had on his wall, had the fo- had the portrait of Andrew Jackson, because he was the first guy to shut down the the first federal bank of America exactly. that was run by the bad guys, whatever we want to name them. Mm-hmm. And what did what I, I have a picture that a friend sent me of uh, Putin giving a talk from one of his offices. And it's not the one we classically see him in, but it's he's giving a talk. And a, 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 in the far in the wall next to him is a picture portrait of Prince Sviatoslav. Prince Sviatoslav was the, the the chief prince of the Rus when Kiev was the cardinal city of the Rus, by the way. It was never there. Ukraine is a, that's a made up kind of right. idea here. But the Kiev, Kiev was the first city of the Russians, what became the Russian Empire. But 
they here's a picture of Sviatoslav, and in 1050, he drove the Khazarian mafia out of Ukraine. That was mm-hmm. incompletely, but that's what that's what you know. And it's interesting that Putin has that up on his wall. So I think we're dealing with a group that, at one point in human history, was in Babylon. At another point, it was in the Negev, as the Amalekites, maybe. And another point, it was in the in Khazaria. Maybe it was the Mongol horde. You know, it's it goes by many, many names, and it moves around this 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 evil. But it's been centered at various different points. And it comes out and hides within all sorts of structures. But I think that's why there's something underneath. Why would, why, you know, you look at some of those areas. Now, Bakhmut has some beautiful areas in that city. Now, Artemovsk, the classic old buildings and things. But you see how long they sat there. What benefit does NATO have and the EU? And and how can they really just turn over all their weaponry to be destroyed over there? What's the game plan here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, this area was the center of not only sex trafficking, drug that was it was drugs. Everybody's got drugs, but drugs aren't the big money. Sex trafficking and body part trafficking and child trafficking. Body parts mm-hmm. are the big one. And every time there's a war, this has probably been going on since the age of transplantation is technology. But they're trans. They're, these Ukrainian soldiers that are dying in war are being parted out. That's why the mothers can't get the bodies back. This is how ugly it is over there. That's that's the kind of thing. It's not just when we hear about Burisma and running and these these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were bio weapons labs. Yeah, there was stuff going on under Chernobyl. Yeah, you know, and and but now what's happening? What we what's coming out is it's also the big money in the world is what they've been protecting is not just a cash flow of money laundering. They've been protecting this harvesting organization mm-hmm. that was going on in China and it was going on in Ukraine. Those are the two big centers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know Juliet Engel, and uh, Juliet uh, has talked about that on this very program, how uh, Ukraine was kind of the epicenter of all the human trafficking, all the things that were going on, uh, sex trafficking, uh, body parts harvesting, all that stuff was yep. right there in Ukraine. And the number one recipient of all of that was the United States. Well, I didn't know that part. I know that I know that um, that Israel's involved and that China's involved and mm-hmm. um, that people from all over. I mean, I know that I know more about the details from China only because um one of the guys, I'm blanking on his name right now, uh, he's been working with the Falun Gong for 20 years to try and stop what was going on in China. But here's a here's a positive note uh, that may be showing us we are getting close to the, the tipping point end. In China, they built all those big hospitals, and they were specifically for transplantation of organs. Mm-hmm. You know, the money, I don't know what it is up to date, but money has been listed that it's about $150,000 per organ. So the way it worked was in China, they were taking their unfavored minorities, such as the Uyghurs, the Falun Gong, the, the Buddhists, the Christians, and they were rounding enough, a certain percentage of them up every year. And they were putting in these, what looked like FEMA camps, but they're confinement barracks kind of thing. They look in fact like hog confinements that we have in Iowa, but they don't have the big fans. Apparently they can be, humans are a little cleaner, I guess. So uh, they can go out and get a shower. So they have, they, they look just like that though. And then what would happen is they built all these huge hospitals all over China and 
the the people would need a you know there was a, a kind of a black market so there was a, not kind of there was a black market organization and so you were in England and you needed a liver or a, a, a kidney or whatever you got in touch with them you, you couldn't wait on the waiting list two years or something you'd be dead so you get on the you get the money together and you get on this this organization and then they take your blood and they type it preliminarily then they you fly over and you get a room or whatever in one of these big hospital or complexes and then they they do the final blood typing and they find your perfect match out of one of these concentration camps and they just live harvest mm -hmm. the guy right there in the hospital that's what's been yep. going on now yep. and um so but here's the good news that uh, my friend told me he said now a lot of those hospitals those hospitals are standing empty this was uh mm -hmm. You know, this is just in the last year or so. So these hospitals are now, many of them are standing empty. And when they talk about the the, the housing bubble in China, you know, the, they're, they're saying, oh, the Chinese economy is being damaged because of the housing bubble. The idea that the, the way they do their financing is you have to keep the house rented so it pays off for the next building project you're on or whatever. So it's like mm -hmm. a, you know, it's a downstream thing. Well, it wasn't houses that were going empty that were the problem. It's these hospitals. And and so I said that's a good sign. These hospitals are now somebody's taken down the system, and they're taking and the Russians are taking down the system in Amer in Ukraine. You know, who knows mm -hmm. what who, this whole thing was? Xi and and Hu Jintao being ousted from the you know the Communist Party meeting there, the plenipotentiary session or whatever it was. Right. I right. hear that that wasn't just him. It was a bunch of these old guard CCP guys. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it may be also the Rockefeller family that have been over there running the CCP. So, you know, wow. again, yeah. I think things are happening, but they're they're so deep that we're not going to hear about it. I mean, if you're if this is a war that was made huge secrecy to get to this point, they're not going to start blabbing to us no matter who they are. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Is uh, the person that you've been talking to? I, I we had Doctor Lee. I've had Doctor Lee on a couple of times, but uh, Mitch Gerber uh, from oh South yeah, Mitch Africa. Gerber. Thank you, Mitch Gerber. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He's he's uh, he's been on a number of times. Terrific guy. Right, and right. Incidentally, he's uh, really incredible as far as South Africa as well. Yeah, I haven't talked to him about that. But see, we're involved in South Africa. That's where we went and helped them do their bioweapons stuff. So we've been all, you know, this again, this is an international cabal. And we're, we've got people that are part of it that are in America. We've got a lot of we had a lot. Of, again, we had a lot of buildings, organization and money. And that's where they they roosted. And but my point is, is that I didn't. I knew that they were doing these transplants and I knew that body parts out of Ukraine was happening. What's what I think the news today that's news is the fact that we have video now of them doing these harvests and the Ukrainian army being part of it. That's mm -hmm. the, that's the, the, the part that's really ugly. Well, and I you feel know, bad you, for the Ukrainians. I mean, they're, they're victims. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're victims, There's but no not question. to the Russians. They're victims to their own people that got them into this. That's you right. know, well, they're they're victims, and I hate hate to keep demonizing, but they're uh, victims of DARPA, DOD, uh, certain uh, CIA, and certain agencies in the United States, as well as uh, NATO and others that have allowed this whole process to take place. Well, or have been created again by this enemy group that we have to name. Because look at Zelensky; even the Pentagon recognizes that Zelensky is a 
is a, is related to Soros. In fact, if you mm -hmm. have a second, I'll just show you. I mean, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but let me just. No, no, I, I, I've got and, an interesting. You're right, he is. He's he's like a, a shoestring relative, and who in the world could you call a, a credible leader that I've never seen him anything but a dirty t-shirt and or a sweatshirt and uh, dirty jeans. I mean, he he goes to uh, the UN. He goes travels all over the world and he looks like a bum he looks like a well person. you're right and let me i mean he's a bum but he's but he's a well-connected bum this right. is the this is the bloodline we're talking about and this is how we identify the enemy ultimately we got to say you know it's like it's like years ago when gladfelter uh at al in switzerland that were tasked by the swiss government looking at who controls the corporations of the world found that essentially 147 companies run the 37 million corporations in the world, and those 147 companies are controlled by four big hedge funds that are controlled by about 150 men. Now, what's true of those 150 men? Did they get? Did they? Are they there because of meritocracy? Because they somehow were the best guy at Wharton Business School? No, they're there because they're related to each other. Okay, mm -hmm. they were born into this, raised for this. Now, here's 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 the picture I'm going to start with because you were mentioning the. Um, you know, the whole issue of the, the, let me just get rid of some of this. Wow. Other stuff. Yeah. So, so here's, how's, why, why is this moving? Ah, stop helping. <laughs> I got something and all that, that somehow I got, what is going on here? I don't know why it's, it's disappeared on me. Well, I, you know, oh, you... I know, I know. Here we go. Here we go. I got to stop okay. it. Okay. There we go. Cause I wanted to comment on this. Okay. So let's start here. What the heck is going on? Stop. Okay. So um, here's the T-shirt guy you're talking about in his, in his green T-shirt. Now, that actually might be a little Photoshop, but, the, but you see him all the time, and he does have that symbol on his T-shirt. That's the mm -hmm. symbol of Ukraine. No problem. Except the symbol of Ukraine is the same as the old Khazarian Tomga. That's the one on the right. And in the middle is the symbol of Moloch, the god of child sacrifice. Okay. Wow. So when you're going to decide on picking sides here, you might consider that, that little point. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I have not seen yeah. that. Comparison. Now, here's a picture of Zelensky and Soros. And I'm going to tell you, if you find this, there's a live one on the on the video, on the image, something. And it's basically, there's a, uh, I don't know why I can't stop that thing. Oh, there it is in the back. There we go. Um, there, there's a picture of this animated. And what they do is they show you the, uh, the, him aging, you know, they show mm -hmm. Zelensky aging and Soros de-aging, and it's and they're identical. At some wow. point, they look like the same person. So either he's a clone or he's a son or something. But he's he's not a distant relative. But even the even the Pentagon says he's a he's a nephew. Here's here's uh here's the here's your here's your Ukrainian army. This is the Azov that that a an oligarch named Kolomoisky. He's he's a um he's a steel oligarch. OK, now mm -hmm. he was he can't go back to Ukraine. He's the guy that really funded Zelensky and put him in power for the CIA and the NATO and everybody. We we took the duly elected guy out, uh, Yanukovych, in 2014 and through a series of right. intermediaries got to Zelensky. OK, but what, what you may not know, and I got this from George Webb, is Kolomoisky can't go back to the Ukraine. Uh, Webb is the first guy I heard talk about Kolomoisky. I knew about him, but the, here Webb's over there, and he's saying, we think they've got Kolomoisky surrounded. This is when the Russians first went into those bioweapons labs, Chernobyl, and then uh, had a, 
had some early presence farther farther to the west. So, but apparently he got away. And and guess where he is now, apparently? <laughs> he's he's got a steel plant in Ohio, and he he's next door in Ohio to Connaught John Alabekov, the famous uh, defector bioweaponeer. He was the number two guy in Biopreparat for the Soviets. He's a his real name is uh, he goes by Ken Alabek, and he's he's written a book about bioweapons and everything, and very you know considered a good source of what's going on, and doesn't seem like a bad guy. But he's you know seems like he's <laughs> given us a lot of information. But the two two of them are are like business partners or neighbors or something in Ohio. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. No. But Kolomoisky apparently funded this. And 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 now the even the New York Times has just come out and said, oh my gosh, the Russian army does use Nazi symbols, do you think? Yeah, because that's what they've been doing all this time. And that's the wolf songle that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. They, they're, you know, training the next generation. That's what you do. And I love this. This is uh, the road to Kiev sign. And these are southern, these are guys from this what's called the Southern Front. So they're volunteers in a way, but they're, uh, they, they kept under wraps until the Russians were actually progressing out of Bakhmut. And suddenly they've come out and started, started being active. I love this one. If you want to talk about nightmare propaganda, okay, see this building and the, and the, the national media in America and around the world show this as, Oh, look at this, you know, uh, thanks to Putin's war on Ukraine. This is a Russian mm-hmm. building that's been destroyed by a drone. Have you guys seen this? No, I haven't. But... According to them, it's a Ukrainian drone attack. Okay? Mm-hmm. Hang on. There's the building. One dead in Iowa apartment collapse. I was over on Eastern Iowa speaking. This is from Davenport. So apparently, <laughs> apparently this, this Ukrainian drone was so off target, good range, but so off target that it took out a building in Davenport, Iowa. Now, this is real. I know it is because I know people that seen the building and it's a big deal, big story in Iowa. So there's two points about this story. One is the the, the craziness of this. But the second thing is the fact that they think they could really um, get away with this because we're such rubes in Iowa. Nobody would notice. I mean, that's kind of funny in a way. Uh, You know, it's sad. But see, that's the other part of it, Lee, is that... uh... With uh, photoshopping, with all the technology as advanced as it is right now, they can create a, a reality that doesn't exist, and it's so so easy and I so know. simple that virtually anybody can do it. Right, right, and that's but they're still taking stuff from the media and just they're they're they, they could do it from scratch, but they don't. They're they're cheap and lazy. So what happens is they find news reports in little out of the way places they don't figure out anybody will notice, and they reuse them in these places. And if you're smart, you'll pay attention and you'll see this going on, you know. And I love this one. This is this picture of it's like uh, it's cut off here a little bit, but it's it's the picture of. Um, you know Schwarzenegger and uh, and belong in the in the in the Russian caption says this was the 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 uh, the the um, what uh, what is it what does it mean like the model role model for the youth okay in, mm. in the past and now this is the role model for the youth now Sechaz so that's that's Yevgeny Prigozhin you know you know not quite the same physical build but he's the guy that runs the Wagner group and I just think that's pretty funny mm-hmm. you know the Wagner mm-hmm. PMC so there you have it that's my little my little slideshow for the day <laughs> that is excellent that Ukrainian uh, Kraston uh, uh, the symbolism yeah. for Moloch I mean 
you you can't you're right you cannot make this stuff up and and they do it as a challenge just kind of like the kennedy assassination i think i told you this story but exactly. i was 13 years old uh, a kid living in montana 13 years old but i had already become kind of a gun nut as a kid because i could i was i had a sure. little business and i could afford to buy used military weapons okay i i had subscribed to shotgun news well one of the guns that was in there and it was because it was such a, a manlicker carbine let me guess exactly a manlicker <laughs> arcano carbine yeah and and uh I could buy them for $3 a piece because they were absolute junk. They were completely uh, considered one of the worst firearms in the right. world. And so here they trot out uh, Lee Harvey Oswald and this uh, Manlicker Carcano carbine <laughs> with a, a $2 scope that wasn't even attached correctly. Okay, I don't know if you saw the picture, but it wasn't even attached correctly. And they said, this is what got off three shots in two seconds. Three I perfect was, shots. Yeah, a moving perfect target. Shot. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was 13 years old, and I, my friend Gary and I, we just looked at each other and laughed and said, that something's wrong here. This Isn't is not. that interesting? Yeah. And if that have put an M1 carbine, I, not an M1 carbine, I'm talking an M1 Garand or something that was a real right. decent shooter in the window, then you would have believed it. But they tried to do the most ridiculous thing they possibly could just to test us, just to see how well, stupid. Well, they did have a different weapon at first, and they switched it for the Manlicker Carcano later somehow. Oh, did they? I remember that they had a different, at first they thought it was something. They said, oh, no, no, that was wrong. We had this. Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know. I can't remember the whole story there, but you do. That is really an interesting sidelight on that whole thing. I didn't yeah. know about the, I didn't notice. I mean, I don't have that kind of expertise to understand the, uh, the, uh, the optical, mm -hmm. you know, this, this, the, what am I? No, it, was, it was the cheapest little $2 scope. Uh, and and scope, it wasn't yeah. even, it wasn't even mounted correctly to the, to the man liquor. It was uh, mounted incorrectly. So, I'll have to show that to my skeptical husband who doesn't believe in as many conspiracies as I do. Because <laughs> he's a real gun guy, and I'll have to see if he can pick that out because that's kind of interesting. Well, you 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 ask him this. Ask him to shoot a, a, a Carcano carbine because you can probably still get them for nothing just because they were junk. They always were. <laughs> they were junk. junk. They are junk. Huh? And, uh, you know, you could probably still get one for 50 bucks or something, even with inflation. But uh, try to get off three accurate shots in two seconds out of one of those. It was the crappiest piece of junk. And like I say, I was 13 years old. That was my first epiphany. The second epiphany was uh, when Lyndon Johnson canceled the executive order that had uh, authorized the uh, Treasury to start printing uh, silverback currency. Right. And guess what the third one was? And this was the kicker. Montana was one of the last two silver states, uh, Montana and Nevada. And in April of 1964, uh, Lyndon Johnson sent out C-130 cargo planes to Galton Field in Montana and uh, Malmstrom Air Force Base up in uh, in Great Falls, Montana, and they brought in all the Brinks trucks and they took all the silver out of our banks. Wow. Yeah. 
Never again. And, and, how, did they, and, and how did they justify? I mean, how did they? Just, I mean, how did they? What legal way did they do that? Do you know? You, you know that that is uh, that that is almost impossible. They they said that the uh, you know first of all that the coinage was too expensive to mint. Okay. So they're they're just substituting. They just replaced it for for fiat currency with slugs. Well, they uh, they replaced it with slugs. They started putting zinc and copper in the coins, and everything was clad. But you know what the final uh, the final uh, epiphany was is that they put Kennedy's uh, likeness on a fifty cent piece in silver. It was the last silver coin that was 90% silver was in 1964, 65, yeah. and it was Kennedy's mug on it. It's Half like dollars. up yours. You know, that's, it's like in your face, American people, you're so damn stupid. We're just going to play the game here. Right. And I, I was wow. 14, 15 years old. And I, and I, I, I've been going downhill ever since because it all started making sense even back then. Wow. Well, I, I know, and I remember thinking as a, you know, especially, I mean, I can't remember. I read the Warren Report, most of it, or part of it when it came mm -hmm. out. And then I thought that I was in college and it was like, really? Mm -hmm. That just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But, but you know, I kind of said, well, I guess this is the way it happened. But I didn't get really suspicious until I was in medicine. And you, you know, I'm old enough now that you start meeting people and knowing people and you, you hear the stories. And, you know, I trained at Bethesda Naval Hospital at a time that they still remembered the pathologists that were terrorized by what happened, that they had to, they had to say things and do things. And there was one guy that I think almost drank himself to death after that because he, and he wanted to, uh, there's somebody that spoke out. There's a lot of stories about the pathologist back then, but my, my friend was a um, chief resident in anesthesia and he had been a resident in anesthesia at Dallas Parkland when T Kennedy came in. And mm -hmm. he said, everybody said, this is an exit wound. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and actually Roger Stone's photographer has that book. And he, I actually talked to him because I was running around and he was at the grassy knoll. I'd never been to Dallas before. Mm -hmm. And I ran into him and I said, well, you know, what, what, and he showed me the book. He said, yeah, everybody, they, he had pictures of all these doctors at Dallas Parkland going like this. And the question they asked him was, where was the exit wound? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, even uh, even hunters got to believe that they that when you get shot from the front, you, you're from you from the back. You don't go like this. <laughs> you're right. Know? Right. Well, kind of, and, and where the bullet physics. goes in is going to make a smaller hole than well, where it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we know. And that's what. And then I was down in uh, I well, I was in practice in Yuma, Arizona, and Tucson was kind of a big mob town. The Bonanno clan had been come, came out there during World War Two, I think. And when Joel, when old Joe Bonanno died. OK, I had always said, I can't wait till somebody, somebody in the mob squeaks on the Kennedy assassination. And I think it was old Joe Bonanno in his book before he died. And he wrote this book, and in the middle of the book, he talks about being in jail with, I think his name was Johnny Roselli or Johnny Rosario. And this guy's starting to talk to him about how Kennedy was, he was part of the Kennedy assassination. He's mm -hmm. saying that he shot from the manhole cover, that Oswald was a patsy, that Tippett was in on it, that Tippett was supposed to take out Oswald, but when Oswald took out Tippett, they had to send in a known monster, they had to send in Jack Ruby. 
that's his story. And he said he was in the he was in the front that he shot from this manhole. And he was triangulated by a guy at the grassy knoll and somebody from the book depository, maybe, but it wasn't Oswald. Oswald was just a patsy. Well, anyway, he's talking to, to Bonanno about this. And in his book, Bonanno says, I was going, ah, don't say those things. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know anything about this. And after he got out, Roselli or Rosario, whatever, was found in lead overshoes in the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what was going on. Well, anyway... Then I just these little things happen. So then uh, some hunting buddies of my husband's came came through town and we were talking and they said, we just we're down. And I was telling them some of the stories because they were from Dallas. They said they said, well, we were just hunting on Jack Ruby's or we were on, hunting on on Lyndon Baines Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, because you're mm-hmm. mentioning President John. We were just hunting on his favorite deer stand. And it was, you know, it was his favorite deer stand. It was this huge, elegant deer stand that had a had refrigerator and a couch and everything. It was like this, like luxury deer stand. And they said, and guess whose properties it was on? It was on Jack Ruby's uncle's property. Really? I said, oh no, wow. <laughs> kidding me. Mm-hmm. You're right. Well, they just, you know, they just think we're never going to connect the dots. Yeah. But you're connecting the dots. That's why I love you. Right. Well, you know, but the thing is, Lee, is the same thing with George Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah. I mean, he was in Dallas. He was CIA and he was in Dallas that yeah. day. I mean, they. You... Well, and that gets me to the bloodline thing. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. say, here's a guy. If you go, that's why, why do you think that the, um, in fact, this comes from the guy who's the manager or the, I don't know what you call him, the executive director of Burke's Peerage. Burke's Peerage is the book that they used, goes back to, I think the first publication was in 1500 or something or 1600. Mm. I mean, it's an old book. I have, a, I have, I bought a copy. It's from 1937. In fact, my copy is interesting because it was just after uh, King Edward, the was it seventh that, that, mm. that abdicated. abdicated. And so they had to put in a, a, a leaflet into this book saying, Okay, there's been a correction because he's stepped down and now the lineage is going. But this is a this is a book that keeps the royal lineages back to way, way back. Okay. Mm. So they know they they have they have all this stuff of heraldry. It's and it's before you could do DNA tests. This is how they kept figuring out who's who in their bloodline. Okay. And it turns out that According to the guy that is the is or was the managing director of the Burke's Peerage, every American president competition is between bloodline and bloodline, and the guy that wins every time is the guy that has more bloodline claim. Really? Yeah. So the Bushes are the Pierces. Maybe not Herbert Walker. That's a little interesting story about if he's even a Bush. But but the son George W. His mother was a Pierce. Barbara Bush was a Pierce. And that Pierce name goes way back to Charlemagne. So when George W. Bush is is vying with Al Gore for the presidency, mm-hmm. it's like, who had the most bloodline things? Apparently Bush did, but that's what happened. Well, and Herbert Walker was, uh, his his mother was a Harriman. And the Harrimans are part of that lineage as well. Yeah, yeah, they're part of the mm-hmm. families. This is the 13 families. It's the 13 Illuminati families. Mm-hmm. And um they go way back and they they and but again, this bloodline <laughs> has physical consequences in this world that we're in and that's why they keep they've kept they and I I do believe they think this. We've been talking we talked briefly, you know, kind of alluded to aliens. Um 
the people that I know that have connections, they say, they, they believe they have a, what Cliff High says, they have a dongle on their DNA because he's a computer guy. He says they, they believe they have alien DNA and that they're here to maintain the earth until the L come back, which are the Anunnaki, you know? Mm. So uh, as creepy as it might sound, the, that's what this whole bloodline thing, because in primogenture, it doesn't make sense to, to make such a big deal about the women, right? Why do you care who you marry if you're going to inherit the money? Why, why not just marry who you want to? Well, the reason is because you have to keep that bloodline pure. Bloodline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, that, and, that, and that comes through the X chromosome. It's the women that carry mm -hmm. it. So they have mm -hmm. to have, their children have to be born of a woman with that X chromosome. And the best way they could do it before DNA was this whole issue with Burke's peerage that we thought was so creepy or weird, you know, just kind of cutesy weird, like oh, those royals, <laughs> you know, but that's what they've been doing. That's and amazing. we've been the serfs of these people ever since. Well, I, you know, I know that this is going to be uh, your your talk at the red pill, and I'm really, oh, well, really looking forward to that because uh, people don't want to get into this area. But yeah. part of the reason is that they think it's too conspiracy theory. But you know, you and I both know there are very few conspiracy theories. There's an awful lot of conspiracies, and if it's a theory that's proven, it is no longer a theory. It's a fact. Right. And, and people you know, just name them conspiracy theories because they don't bother to do the research themselves. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, I was told a friend of mine was at this big international meeting about this kind of medical liberty, whatever. And Paul Alexander, I don't have any bad feeling about Paul Alexander, but she was making a point that I had said, and she said, he said, Oh, don't listen to her. She drinks her own urine. It's this is because I gave a talk about urotherapy and I didn't come up <laughs> with this. This is what, this is what Butar and um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. The, the guy that really has put this forward has fabulous data to show that it goes back to the pharaohs did this, that they understood that stem cells are in the urine. The Marine Corps, it tells you in the, the army, if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you get bit by a snake, pee on the snake bite because your body immediately makes antibodies that go in the urine and it, you can just, and it, you can save yourself. People have saved themselves with black mambas from this thing. So there's, wow. this is the real deal, but the, but he's just not looking at any of the facts. He's just going to name names and, and disparage me because of one thing. See, they find one thing and mm -hmm. then they make fun of you. So with David Icke, it was the reptilians, mm -hmm. you know, with other yeah, people, well, other stuff. And and they don't even uh, they don't even use it in the right context. That's the part too. The, you know, yeah. they always twist it so that it's something that's totally ridiculous. Even though you know, like you explained about the the uh, stem cell in in urine, you know, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, people even if people don't want to drink it, they should try putting it on their skin. It does wonderful things for your skin. You want to de-age your skin. Just start putting it on, you know, just pee on a toilet paper and first morning urine, just put it all over your skin. It's unbelievable. Really? And, and, yeah. And the, the guy, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Loop, I think his last name is Loop. I, I can't, I can't believe I, I'm just blanking on his name. Um, Edward Loop, I believe. Oh mm. gosh, I can't, can't believe it. Anyway, he's got a whole set. I've saw my website. I've interviewed him. He's got a whole mm. set of stuff on 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 the, the evidence for urotherapy for disease and and butar had a way of using it for cancer um there's a lot of evidence for this but anyway it's uh it, it 
it just people that it's so easy to dismiss stuff that you haven't looked at mm -hmm. is my point here. Yeah. 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 That's the reason we're in the mess we're in is because so many people don't want to do any of their own research. They don't want to read anything. And now it's gotten multiplied many times over because we've got all these young people that if they can't see it in a video, uh, they can't do it. They, they're functionally illiterate. I mean, you know, they can text on a phone, but it's like a monkey uh, did the uh, spelling in it. Everything is this new language. And yeah. we, we're creating, honestly, we've done a whole program on how our country 200 years ago was almost 100% literate. Yes. And now, today, our country is about 30% literate, and that's on a good day. Yeah, that's right. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. My well, grandfather uh, was a blacksmith with an eighth-grade education. He had beautiful Parker penmanship. He, mm -hmm. he wrote patents. He did all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I know you would appreciate it. You're from Iowa. I'm sure you've seen that 1900 Iowa uh, eighth grade uh, graduation exam. And, I mean, honestly, most of our college graduates couldn't pass it. I haven't seen that. I'll have to look that one up. Look it up. Look it up. Yeah. It's fascinating. <laughs> uh, it, uh, our college graduates couldn't come close to passing it, at least the ones I know. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, Lee, this is a, this is a fabulous discussion. I want to get back though for a little bit to uh, the Kasarian connection to all this because what's going on right now in Ukraine is the epicenter yeah. of this global battle right now for the soul of humanity. And I mean, I know that you feel that way as well as I do. Uh, it is the epicenter. It is where everything is being focused right now. And how, uh, talk to our, our viewers about how that connection is so important with, uh, you know, you mentioned Kolomoski, you mentioned, uh, you know, the whole uh, uh, bio lab and all the information that's been coming at us about what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, talk to us, and and I'm going to ask you to be real honest about this, about the Kassanarian connection with uh, the Judeo-Christian uh, culture, because they yeah. use that as a, you know, if you say anything, you're an anti-Semite, and that is not the case, because right. the Kassarians are not the Jewish people, and I want right. I want you to make that clear connection. Right. So, you know, um, and and I think these the, the enemy that we're talking about reorganizes in different eras. So they weren't always the Kazarian mafia. That's just their most one of their latest iterations. And that's the one that's being used. And I will cite if anybody there's a couple articles. One is by Veterans Today. You can just look up the Kazarian mafia Veterans Today and you'll find that article. And it's kind of a primer on the history of this whole area of the of what was your car? Kazaria now Ukraine, Russia and everything and how they were driven out of there. But the Kazarians were not who they were originally who formed the Kazarian empire. I don't know, but at some point in the before 800, probably 
there was a group of people, and I can only say that I, if you, if I, listening to some, I just, this is oral history that I gathered from talking to people mm-hmm. about their knowledge. And that there, at some point there was a, you know, the, the Old Testament talks about the Amalekites and King Saul was commanded to kill the Amalekites down to their sheep. I mean, they know nothing to be left alive of them, but he didn't do it. And there were some people that escaped. Now that's, that's the, all I know about the Bible story. Years later, I'm listening to Jay Parker. Jay Parker is a survival a survivor of satanic ritual abuse. And he talks about Arden, Delaware and this ex- this very believable. I, I highly recommend people listen to this video. You can find it. I hope it hasn't been scrubbed. It's about a two-hour video of of uh, Jay Parker being interviewed by Mark Passio on, and it, you'll. It's kind of a dark black background on on, on generational satar, satanic ritual abuse. Now, as he points out, Jay Parker, he's he was a child, and and the way the way this works is, and it goes back to ancient days where. These this, the culture, whatever we want to call them, the, the Babylonians that worshipped Moloch, eventually became uh, considered bad reprobates, and they were they were being hunted, and so secrecy became their biggest deal. And you know, children can't keep a secret, so they figured out a way to make children be able to keep secrets. Now, I didn't get this from Jay Parker. This is what I've learned subsequently. They figured out a way to keep secrets, and that is you sexually torture and abuse children from the time they're born, essentially, up until about six years old, so that you can create, essentially, a form of mind control. This mm-hmm. is what Mengele studied and codified in the camps. He was... he was Multiple uh, personalities. Mm-hmm. Multi, it's the idea of the... They've given mm-hmm. us hints about that over the m- movie generations, too, you know, the three faces of Eve and all this kind of stuff. But they they can do it, and and there's now it's much more scientific. We call it the MK Ultra program, and that is not a conspiracy. That's a fact. The CIA had this MK Ultra program. My former alma mater was involved in the psychiatric department. I don't know what that means. I mean, were they torturing children? But something is going on there, and they claim not to be doing it now. But look at the the show about M, the Stranger Things. That's what that show's about. So. There's there's a there's a way that they learned they taught their children to keep secrets in this ancient religious group, right? That works with Moloch. Now they escaped, the ones that escaped, according to Jay Parker, this is what his mother told him. His mother told him that he her, they that her lineage goes back to this ancient group of the the Amalekites. Now, I didn't know what the Amalekites in the Bible were at that point. I read that later after I heard her, him say that. But they were in the Negev and they were these really evil people apparently worshiping Moloch and sacrificing their children and blood sacrifice and lots of other things. Mm-hmm. They they escaped to Anatolia or Phrygia, which he called Phrygia to him. Now Phrygia is where we get the Phrygian cap that became, you know, the the hat of, that was the French Revolutionary hat that you saw the, the people wearing that were in the streets that kind of the top, it's kind mm-hmm. of soft at the top. It's also kind of the the pussy hat of the of the, mm-hmm. the the march on Washington a few years ago. Anyway, that was where that came from. They they then settled into uh, this area that now is Eastern Turkey. Mm-hmm. Now, in Eastern Turkey, uh, again, this is just my own research, and if somebody has more data or doesn't believe this, they can they can come up with it. But in Eastern Turkey, you have these these names, these traditional town names, were names like Kanats, 
Ashken, Nazi, blah, blah, blah. That's where the, that was the town names in that eastern part of Turkey. And at some point, this group of people uh, went into this area of this very rich land area of Khazaria and, and took it over. They became the royal family of Khazaria. And mm-hmm. they, um, they started being bad to their neighbors. And the neighbors were like the Bulgarians and Persians and Russians. And this was, I guess, on the Silk Road. And they would, they would, they they became known to the neighbors as the name assumers because they would murder people and take their identities. Mm -hmm. They were very smart with money and they were very smart with, uh, they were good warriors. So they were very, I mean, they were above heads and shoulders above everybody else there. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. That's not me doing the pictures down there, by the way. Uh, So anyway, what happened was at some point the neighbors had enough. So early on, I don't know when, 850, 900 at some point, the the early Russians and the Bulgarians and the Persians got together and they beat these guys back militarily and said, okay, we're not going to kill you guys, but you got to quit worshiping Moloch and sacrificing our children on the borders, you know, stealing our Mm -hmm. children and sacrificing them. So they they said, you cannot stay with that religion, pick one. And they picked, they decided to become, quote, Judaics, because they didn't want to be Christians or Muslims and be in that fight. So they, they thought, well, we'll come up with something else. So they, 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 they decided that they would be Judaics, and they would be, and they came up with the name. This is where the term Ashkenazi comes from. Now, mm-hmm. let me be very clear. That does not mean that today's Ashkenazi. I have very many friends that are Ashkenazi. They're not, I hope they're not involved in this. I don't think they are. That's mm-hmm. not just because you happen to, if you're a real Jew and you practice the Torah, uh, the Torah, you're not, you're not, that's not what we're talking about. Right. Here. Talking right. about these infiltrators and they infiltrated all religions. So it's not just them. They also are part of, I think the Alevi, you know, Uger Sahin, He's a he's an Alevi Turk, and those that's a Muslim group that doesn't intermarry with anybody else. The way you can identify these groups is they keep their marriage very very tight. They mm-hmm. want to keep this bloodline together. So either by act so that they there so even if you were Ashkenazi coming out of that area and and through the diaspora and were part of the thing and went to Europe and your family was you know victimized by the Germans in World War II, the Nazi death camps, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, you might call yourself an Ashkenazi because that's your heritage, but you're not one of these people. Just exactly. be very clear about this, okay? These are an evil people within that that with that, that hide within other groups. That's why they're called the name assumers. And they but they have a specific genetic type that they're trying to keep together. And they go through this whole thing. And that's really so eventually in eleven fifty is when Prince Sviatislav of the Rus got together with the Bulgarians and the Persians said, We've had enough of these assholes. They've 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 gone back on their word multiple times. They're still they're still killing our people and and doing stuff and we're getting all we're getting out of them. So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well um uh, it's funny, but uh we, we are uh, just getting over into our uh, next show. Okay, very uh, good. You, you don't say, but Lee, uh, fascinating. I, I thank you. you. You've become a good friend just because I I love the way you speak honestly. You you're willing to say things that a lot of people aren't. Uh, I am too. That's why yeah. we connect dots. That's what this That's is all about. Do. Uh, Lee, thank you. I want to uh, let uh, our viewers understand. Incidentally, I've got uh, uh, Stephen Friend is going to be my guest this afternoon on my 
program on Brighteon TV. And Stephen Friend was one of the FBI whistleblowers. Uh, he wrote a book called True Blue that we're going to be uh, talking about on the program. And we're going to be talking about FBI whistleblowers. So join nice. us this afternoon on Brighteon.tv. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, oh, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, New York to LA, where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say.